Welcome back to our study of 2 Kings. We are in 2 Kings chapter 15, where we are going to encounter seven kings. The first and last kings in the chapter will be kings of Judah, and then the five kings in the middle of the chapter will be kings of Israel. We'll go through these fairly quickly and just try to point out some key things along the way. So let's start chapter 15 of 2 Kings, beginning in verse 1. It says, In the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. And the Lord touched the king so that he was a leper to the day of his death, and he lived in a separate house. And Jotham, the king's son, was over the household, governing the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Azariah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Azariah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. And Jotham, his son, reigned in his place." Now the name Azariah you might not recognize, but uh, Azariah is also called Uzziah. Uh, and you might recognize that name because in the famous passage in Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah saw his vision of the Lord, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Uh, that's the same king that's being talked about here. So that means uh, this king is a contemporary of Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet lived during the reign of Azariah, also called Uzziah. He'll actually be called Uzziah later in this chapter in verse 13, and he's called Uzziah in 2 Chronicles chapter 26 also. He was a good king, right? Verse 3 says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, right? And nevertheless, it says, verse 4, the high places were not taken away. This is a pattern we've seen already in uh, 2 Kings. We've talked about that before, but that uh, pattern continued with Uzziah. He was a good king, but he didn't remove the high places. Uh, we're also told that um, God caused him to be a leper, right? God touched him and uh, he had leprosy, so he had to live separately during his reign. The second king that we encounter, so Uzziah was king of Judah. Now we're going to encounter a king of Israel named Zechariah, beginning in verse 8. It says, In the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam, reigned over Israel in Samaria six months. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck him down at Iblim and put him to death and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the deeds of Zechariah, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. This was the promise of the Lord that he gave to Jehu, your sons shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so it came to pass. So a couple things to note about Zechariah. One, he was a wicked king. Verse 9 says he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord as his fathers had done. The kings of Israel were uh, wicked kings uh, consistently, right? And Zechariah is no exception. Uh, also, something interesting is, is said at the end of uh, this paragraph in verse 12, 
where it says, This was the promise of the Lord that he gave to Jehu, your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so it came to pass. In other words, Zechariah is the fourth generation, the fourth son of Jehu to reign just as God promised. Back in chapter 10, it says this, in chapter 10, verse 30 and 31, it says, The Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in carrying out what is right in my eyes, and have done to the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart, your sons to the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He did not turn from the sins of Jeroboam, which he made Israel to sin. In other words, Jehu was not a good king. He was not a godly king. But he did do what God wanted him to do in at least one significant instance. And in response to that, God made a promise to him that uh, his sons would sit on the throne right, for the, uh, to the fourth generation. And God has kept that promise, the writer of Kings tells us, uh, through Zechariah. So the four sons of Jehu to sit on the throne were Jehoahaz in chapter 13, verse 1 through 9, Joash in chapter 13, verse 10 through 13, Jeroboam the second in chapter 14, verse 23 to 29, and now Zechariah in chapter 15, uh, verses 8 to 12. So note that God keeps his promises. God kept his promise even to Jehu, who was not a godly king. But God promised that he would do something for Jehu, and he did it. He followed through. He's trustworthy. Right, the third king uh, begins, his story begins in verse 13, Shalom. Right? The Shalom, the son of Jabesh, began to reign in the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah. So there's the name Uzziah now. And he reigned one month in Samaria. Then Menahem, the son of Gadai, came up from Tirzah and came to Samaria, and he struck down Shalom, the son of Jabesh, in Samaria, and put him to death and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the deeds of Shalom and the conspiracy that he made, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. At that time, Menahem sacked Tifsah and all who were in it and its territory from Tirzah on, because they did not open it to him. Therefore he sacked it, and he ripped open all the women in it who were pregnant. Terrible, awful, right? Um, but this is what happened. Uh, Shalom uh, was, again, a king of Israel. And the main thing we know about him here is that he was assassinated by Menahem. And Menahem began to reign in his place in verse 17, where it says, In the 39th year of Azariah, king of Judah, so now it switched back right, to Azariah instead of Uzziah, Menahem, the son of Gadai, began to reign over Israel, and he reigned ten years in Samaria. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all. Uh, he did not depart all his days from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. Pul, the king of Assyria, came against the land, and Menahem gave Pul a thousand talents of silver that he might help him to confirm his hold on the royal power. Menahem exacted the money from Israel, that is, from all the wealthy men, 50 shekels of silver from every man to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and did not stay there in the land. Now the rest of the deeds of Menahem and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Menahem slept with his fathers, and Pe Pekahiah his son reigned in his place. So Menahem was also a wicked king, right? Verse 18. He did, was, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart 
all his days from all the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat. Remember, Jeroboam was the first king of Israel after uh, Israel and Judah were divided from one another after the death of Solomon. Jeroboam set up idols in Dan and Beersheba, golden calves for the people to worship so they wouldn't go back to Jerusalem. Uh, Menahem continues in that sin, continues in uh, idolatry for the nation of Israel. He was a wicked king and he taxed the people and paid Assyria. Assyria, of course, a foreign power. He taxes the wealthy of his people so that he can pay Assyria uh, so that he can keep a hold on the royal power is the way that it phrases it, right? The royal power. Um, he wanted Assyria to, quote, help him confirm his hold on the royal power. So that's what Menahem did. Again, not a great king. In fact, a wicked king. Uh, he's followed by Pekahiah, beginning in verse 23. In the 50th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, began to reign over Israel and Samaria, and he reigned two years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. And Pekah, the son of Ramalia, his captain, conspired against him with 50 men of the people of Gilead and struck him down in Samaria in the citadel of the king's house with Argob and Arieh. He put him to death and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the deeds of Pekahiah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. So again, we have a wicked king, Pekahiah. Verse 24, we're told as a wicked king, he follows the same pattern of the kings of Israel. He's following the footsteps of Jeroboam and all his sin, right? Um, and he was assassinated by Pekah, right? A lot of assassination going on in this chapter, which brings us to the uh, next king, Pekah, who's the last of the kings of Israel mentioned in this chapter before we get to one more king of Judah. And by the way, one of the things I want you to note in this chapter, and I'll say a little bit more about this later, is what's going on in Israel versus what's going on in Judah, because that's going to help us understand what's coming uh, soon in this book uh, for both the nations of Israel and the nation of Judah. All right, so what happens with Pekah, starting in verse 27? In the 52nd year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Ramalia, began to reign over Israel and Samaria, and he reigned 20 years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. In the days of Pekah, the son of, of the king of Israel, uh, Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came and captured Aijon, Abel, Beth, Ma'akah, Genoa, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried the people captive to Assyria. Then Hoshea, the son of Elah, made a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Ramalia, and struck him down and put him to death and reigned in his place in the twentieth year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel. Now notice, Pekah is also a wicked king, we're told in verse 28, right? He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He continues that same pattern. And during his reign, there's sort of a mini exile, right? In verse 29, uh, the king of Assyria came and captured several uh, parts of the nation of Israel, it says the, uh, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried the people captive to Assyria, it says. Now, this is going to happen on a much larger scale in chapter 17 when the full Assyrian exile takes place, the Assyrian exile of the nation 
of Israel, which happens in 722 BC. So that's what we're getting close to. In fact, the, uh, the person here who assassinates Pekah, Hosea, and becomes king in his place, Hosea is actually the king reigning in Israel when Assyria takes Israel into exile. This is going to be in just a couple of chapters. So um, that begins to happen even here in chapter 15, this sort of mini exile that happens uh, under Assyria. And the full exile is coming under the reign of the next king, uh, Hosea. And then we get finally one more king, a king of Judah this time. Beginning in verse 32, it says, In the second year of Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Nevertheless, the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? In those days the Lord began to send Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramalia, against Judah. Jotham slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David his father, and Ahaz his son reigned in his place. So Jotham is a good king. He's a godly king. Right? Not everything is perfect. Uh, not everything is as it should be in his reign, but he is a good king. Uh, but even in his days, we're told the Lord sent nations against Judah, right? Syria and even uh, Israel. So judgment is coming upon Judah too, it seems, right? Even at that point. And of course, a greater judgment will come, come upon Judah at the end of 2 Kings in chapter 25 when Babylon takes Judah into exile. But this chapter shows us why Israel's exile is coming first. In fact, there's over a hundred years between Israel's exile under Assyria and Judah's exile under Babylon. And this chapter reminds us, shows us why that is the case. Because Israel is consistently led by wicked kings who are leading their people in idolatry. But Judah is often led by good and godly kings, yet Judah is still not doing all that God has commanded her to do. And so there's good reason why Israel's exile is coming soon and Judah's exile is coming later. Uh, exile will come for them both. There are consequences for both of them for their sin. Right? But Israel's comes sooner because Israel, under king after king after king after king, refuses to heed the Lord's word, continues in their idolatry, and God is a jealous God, the Bible tells us. God does not want his people worshiping idols, worshiping other gods, false gods. He wants us to worship him. He alone is God. He alone is trustworthy. He alone is worthy of our worship. And so let us remember that and resist the temptation to put anything else in first place besides God himself, because there is truly none like him. God bless.